If you can answer that in the affirmative, mm -hmm. there's no greater comfort. But if you can't, there's no greater discomfort. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to Galatians again, chapter 2 and verse 20. I've thoroughly enjoyed the services thus far. Brother Frankie's choice of songs was a blessing. We pray for those of our number who are not here and for those who are here, we thank the Lord for. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Read this one verse. I am crucified with Christ. Amen. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the last part of a three-part series on the life of Christ or the the uh, personality of Christ we looked at his the love of Christ the light of Christ and now this is a second message on the life of Christ and here's where it becomes personal the life of Christ or our relentless pursuit to be conformed to the image of Christ. You know, Paul said, I am being crucified with Christ. We are to be crucified with Christ daily. I think if I would speak of the masses of professing Christendom, they forgot this part. Maybe we have too. I think we can do a much better job in our day and time than we have. In our previous lesson on Wednesday, we looked at the life of Christ, showing how his sinless life was our example. We, we went and I, I was very detailed in showing how that uh, everywhere that Christ went and every one that he encountered those people were never the same. No one ever met Christ and was not changed afterwards. Christ is still our example today. And today we want to Look at how that we may show that it must be the spiritual life that is to be pursued. You know, well, let me give you a verse of scripture first of all before I make some comments. In Psalm 128, 
It's a beautiful song. It says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. There's no fear of God if there's no walking in his ways. You may say, I fear God. Many times we do. But if there's not a walking with the Lord, then there's really no real fear of God. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, happy shalt thou be. Tell you, I walk around, I go to the store, uh, I you know do all the things that you do in a, in a normal week. I don't see too much happiness on people's faces. I, I, I ain't seen a smiling and I don't know when. They, they, they walk around as if they're uh, drawn by this little black box in front of their face. And it, I don't know what you're looking at, but it must not bring much happiness. Thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, and happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. <laughs> we ought to be a happy people. I, I think we are if we're God's people. Sometimes we let the, the, the things of the world kind of drag us down, and we, uh, we don't show it as much, but we're working on it, Lord, and we pray for his grace. Right. So thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. That's how his life's going to be. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy, my, thy life. Yea, thou shalt see the children's children in peace upon Israel. Well, we, we trust that our life would be such an influence on our families that it might uh, they might walk in our steps. It's sad to say that uh, that's often not the case today. Received a text from my daughter yesterday evening. Her and her husband are, looks like they're splitting up for the second or third time. Uh, he's going his, his way and she's going hers. I sent her a text this morning. And uh, she's talking about him this and then that and I said a, 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 a family has to be united around the Lord and when that's not the case you're going to have what you're experiencing right now you can't expect to, to, to you know everybody wants things good but they don't want to follow the Lord to have them everything is dependent and, and seems to focus on uh, if everything is good in our life, physically, then things good with the Lord. Well, it should be just the opposite. Put the Lord first. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord. That psalm, psalm shows that the blessings are to those that fear the Lord and walk in His ways. Everyone, I think, knows Psalm 1, blessed is a man. That walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, or standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. 
Psalm 19, 119, I'm sorry. And verse 1 begins that long 175 verse Psalm. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. There's no blessing without walking according to what God commands us to do. Right. Remember, this life of Christ part 2 is He was the example. We should walk in that. Our relentless pursuit is to be conformed to the image of Christ. You often hear people say, well, life is good. But what their life that they're talking about and the life that I think that makes one good is totally, uh, completely different. They're not referring to a, a, a blessed day from the Lord when they say life is good. They're getting all that they want, usually. The fear of the Lord, and by that word I mean a worshipful fear of the Lord, promotes a life that walks in the law ways of God. He has these commandments here for a reason. And they're not hard. That's the spiritual life that we're to pursue. When that's first, then God will bless and prosper those things in our life as He sees fit. Now understand though, now the blessings may come in strange packages. <laughs> he may send you something that you don't think is so good. But in the end you find that it is. All things do work together for good. Right. Those that love the Lord. But those things in themselves may not be good in your estimation. We're not talking about a prosperity gospel that is so popular amongst the Pentecostal group. Popularized by the feel good, obtain much, false gospel folks. Christ is the source of spiritual life. And with Him we can and are content with whatever state we're in, that's what Paul said. I've learned that whatever state I am in, to be content. A spiritual man, I use the word man, you know, God created man, uh, man and woman, and they will become one flesh. So when I say spiritual man, I'm speaking of both man and woman, mankind doesn't crave the world. If you're a child of God, that's not the first thing on your mind is how are things going in my life. You know, have I got all I want? I'll tell you what, I thank the Lord. There ain't much in this world I want. I've got all I want. I'm very satisfied if I don't have another thing. I don't have to have it my way. I want it God's way. When our will is submitted to God, we're content with that, or ought to be. Because, after all, spiritual life is living by faith, not living by uh, the, the, what I can attain by my own hands. We all know about Abraham. 
He went out by faith because he heeded God's call. He was going in the direction that God led him. He didn't know where he was going. It's a scary thought. <laughs> I get up every morning and I try to pray, Lord, I don't know what you've got planned for me. And at my age, I ain't got a whole lot of things planned myself. <laughs> but I want the Lord to lead me where he would have me to go. Sometimes my day doesn't go as I planned and I thank God for he's, he's maybe brought me by someone that I may, may say something as simple and small as it may be that might uh, change their life. Now you and I, those of us who know the Lord, those of us who have been justified by God's grace, are so by the imputation of Christ's righteousness to our account. And faith then is the influencing principle of our life. And faith is that gift of God and not of ourselves. Or we would otherwise boast. By grace you're saved and that not of yourselves is a gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. That's why I read that verse there to start off in Galatians 2.20. I think it describes exactly what we're talking about. I am crucified with Christ. You can't live pleasing to God unless you're continually seeking to destroy this old man's nature. The old natural man and what he wants. I am crucified with Christ never left. I live. But it's not I of the flesh. But Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live. By the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Notice the words of Paul. The life in which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. You see those, now he, when he made that statement, he'd been a Christian a pretty good while. He, he, he experienced some things, hadn't he? He'd had some shipwrecks and, and, uh, uh, life hadn't been real smooth uh, from a, a human standpoint. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. You see, those of us who've been redeemed, and delivered from the curse of the law, not only have believed, but we continue to believe. There's the relentless pursuit. We're familiar with passages of Scripture that we've heard all of our life. John 3.15 and 16. says, Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, or eternal life. Listen to me, folks, if you're lost. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's one thing to know about God and about Christ. It's another thing to make it personal. Mm -hmm. 
For God sent not his Son in the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned. That's my state this morning. I'm not condemned. But he believeth not is condemned already. And if you're today without the Lord, and you think, well, you know, I, I, I may live 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 more years. But you may not live but another day. But one day you'll stand before God. And it won't be what you've done. It'll be what He's done. Right. He that believes on Him is not condemned. He that believes not is condemned already. So it's, it's not going to be when you live however many more years and you stand before God and then you're going to be condemned. You're now condemned. And if you would die this moment, there would be no hope but a judgment of God. There's no repentance in the afterlife. Those words in John 3, 15 and 16 and 18 and, and also I could read John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on me, on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. The word believeth in those verses that I've read, is, and I'm not a, a, a one of these uh, great scholars, but I, I do believe what I've read and been explained to that that word is in the present perfect. I was never a good English student. So I take this from somebody else's information. I hated English. But I wish I had studied it more. Present perfect tense. Now look in Luke 8.13. Luke 8.13 says... This is the parable of the, of the sower. It says, They on the rock, or they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe. And time and temptation fall away. They hear, they receive it into their intellect but not into their heart and with joy but it has no root because they just believe for a while there's just a, a head knowledge about it but in time of temptation they fall away why is it that the faithful and how is it that we continue to believe. You see, spiritual life or faith is far more than a bare assent to anything, I believe. Or to anything that revealed and declared by God. It is a firm persuasion. 
It's a firm persuasion of that which is hoped for because it assures its possessor not only that there are such things, but that through the power and the fullness of God, he shall yet possess those things. So faith then becomes a ground of expectation. Faith is the substance of things, things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Why do the faithful continue to, uh, to believe? Because God-given faith is not a vaporous, emotional, human thing. Like human faith. Or we might call that easy believism. Abel. You look in Hebrews 11, you go down that list. And Enoch and Noah and Sarah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and his parents and Joshua and Rahab and all those that are mentioned there in Hebrews 11 despite trial and persecution and death they want to find divine approval By means of their faith, which is not their self, but was a gift of God. But they did not receive the fulfillment of that faith that was promised. Faith, it says there in Hebrews 1, or 11 and 1, is described as two things. And you could really go into detail with this, and I'm not. I want to keep it simple. Well, that's the only thing I understand. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The word substance means confidence. Faith is the confidence of things hoped for. Faith gives confidence to those promises of God. That you're not just some uh, uh, man's uh, pie in the sky promises. Faith is substance. That is a firm persuasion of that which is hoped for. And why can we have that firm persuasion? Because it is by the power and the faithfulness of God that we possess those things in faith. Faith gives the object hoped for, which is the Lord, at a future time, a present reality and the promises of the Lord. The things hoped for in a future time, a present reality. I have had these promises... I haven't received them, but I know them as if I had them. It, the Holy Spirit impresses that in my soul. 
as if I already possessed it. I believe the Lord is, cl is, is close to being here. I, I, I believe I might be alive when He comes back. I believe how uh, close I believe His coming is. Now, if I'm alive at Christ's return, boy, won't that be something? Some of us are going to experience that. I have some assurances. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. He's Paul's telling these saints of God, here's the things you can be sure of. Concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not as even as others which have no hope. For if we, believe, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we're speaking about this relentless pursuit of the things of faith. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain and the coming of the Lord shall not precede them. It says shall not prevent, but the word means precede, them which are asleep. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God and the dead and Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. If I'm alive and the Lord comes back in the air, he's not coming to the earth then. He's coming in the air to catch us up. That's where we get the name rapture. We'll be caught up. That's where we get the term the rapture. And the dead in Christ are in the burial. They're going to raise up first. And then we're going to go right up with them. To be, forever be with the Lord. If I'm alive at Christ's return in the air, I believe I'm going to be raptured up, caught up with them, as it describes it there. I'm as sure of that as this has already happened. Right. You can't shake me from that. You'll never shake me from that. The Bible says we believe and we're sure. I believe in something that's true and I can be sure of it. I believe that because Christ is the source of spiritual life. He's the source of spiritual life. And that's what we're talking about. When Adam sinned, he became spiritually separated from God or dead. He wasn't a dead physically, but he was dead spiritually. He could not communicate with God until a sacrifice had been made. And all of his offspring, that's you and I, have that same deadness mm -hmm. until God makes us alive. Romans chapter 5. Verse 12 says, 
Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, that's Adam, and death by sin, that's what that, there's where the separation came by. Sin separated us. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is unputed when there's no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned. After the similitude of Adam's transgression, it was the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ has abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. No, not, not so with the Lord. Lost my place there. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteousness. Righteous. Well, the law entered that the offense might abound, but more sin abound, and grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness. Amen. Eternal life by Jesus Christ, our Lord. 1 Corinthians 15. These aren't my words. I didn't make this up. These are promises in God's word. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 22. It says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. There he kind of concises it and makes it simple, clear to be understood. Only Christ restores spiritual life to sinners. Jesus is the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And in receiving Christ, one is made alive. John chapter 5 and verse 24 As the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. We call that regeneration or being born again as described in John chapter 3 when Nicodemus came to the Lord. Christ said, saying, Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, not enter the kingdom of God in verse 5 of chapter 3 of John. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not, I said unto thee, you must be born again, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the spirit. We're reborn again. We're a new creation. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. So we possess eternal life. This eternal life that we have, which is spiritual in Christ Jesus, can never be lost. You can't obtain it any other way except by faith, repentance and faith, repenting of your sins, 
trusting Christ as your Savior. Acknowledging that you're dead. Acknowledging that you are an enemy of God. Acknowledging that you're a sinner. Repent of your sins and trust Christ and receive eternal life. So whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's when the heart cries out to God, realizing that they're a sinner before God and condemned. Hebrews 7, verse 25. So wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for him. He is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Many people come down to the altar here, but they've never come to Christ. You got to come to him. You got to believe him. Jesus accused the Pharisees all and said, the scriptures you know, but me you don't know. A lot of people know the scriptures. You young folks may be taught the scriptures. That's good. But I point you to the, the Christ of the scriptures. So you might trust him. The reason we have eternal life is because Christ himself sustains that life. Well, you know, people get, make a lot to do about that spiritual life. You can't lose it. Well, what, is it, what, what, what kind of a life is it? Well, it's, it's a life like you've never known before. I'll tell you that. When God saved me, I had no idea how, life, how good life could be. There was no regret of the things I, I, I gave up. They no longer had any attraction to me. Because Christ had impressed upon my soul and on my heart how great and precious he was. Everything in this world lost its, its attraction to me. Therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death. Like if Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. It is a new quality of life, my friend. I trust that someone here today may know what that is. You can't lose it. But we can fail to live to its fullness. So we need to walk by faith as God's people. As faith alone which is a median in the way of obtaining acceptance from God.
So I trust the Lord will bless you his message and that you might examine your heart. Brother Kelly. Frank, you want to call, we'll sing a verse to close.